In the last newsletter, I wrote to you about my nephew, Caleb, who uh, they thought had had a heart attack at age 27. turned out to be a, a virus that attacked his heart and uh, damaged his heart. But uh, we were all just in shock about that because he is, was and still is probably by far the best athlete our family had ever produced, really, really fast and quick and talented and coordinated. And it just seems so impossible that a young man like that would would have had a heart attack. But as I was thinking about him, uh, I, I was looking at uh, the gospel lesson for today, and I thought there's a real connection there. And it's this. When he was playing football in high school, my nephew Caleb was uh, very good. But as in a lot of small towns, some of you may have experienced this with your kids, uh, it's not always the best kids that play it's the kids whose parents have a little money and whose parents are influential and maybe, maybe they're bigger football boosters than some other. Has anybody ever experienced this in your... Yeah, okay. Well, this is the deal there. And there was this little core group of kids that were uh, kind of the, you know, uh, elite. And uh, they figured that the, the team rules really didn't apply to them. You know, they were kind of above that. And so they decided not to obey the team rules, and they thought, well, what's the coach going to do? I mean, we're the starters. So they were caught drinking and staying out after curfew, and they found out what the coach was going to do. He kicked every one of them off the team. And then the best part is, and this is the part that Hollywood would never take as a story because it's too implausible, the best part is that those other kids, Caleb and those other kids, came up and played and they won the state championship. <laughs> it was perfect. My dad said he, he couldn't get enough of that up at the Metrodome. And they were winning, winning the uh, state championship. And I thought that's really like our gospel lesson for today. The Pharisees and religious leaders were those who were the elite, who thought that the rules didn't apply to them and that they kind of were special. And it didn't matter what they did because they had it in with God. They were right up there. Their behavior following the bylaws was so good that they didn't have to worry about the other things. You know, the fruits of righteousness that the prophets had talked about all the way through. They didn't have to worry about that. So Jesus tells them the parable. He takes the Old Testament lesson for today from Isaiah about the, the vineyard in Israel. He reworks it, adds a twist to it, and he said, well, what do you think about this? There was a vineyard owner who leased his vineyard to tenants. And when it came time to receive his share of the produce, they were sharecropping, when it came time for him to get his share, he sent his servants, and they beat him, stoned him, and, and killed him. Well, then he sent others, and they did the same thing. And finally he said, all right, I'll send my son. Surely they will respect my son. No, they killed him too. Now, Jesus said, what do you think should happen to these tenants? Why, they said, these tenant, miserable tenants should be thrown out and put to a horrible death and, and rent the vineyard to other people who will give him the fruit. And Jesus said, uh-huh, that's right. And that's why the vineyard is going to be taken from you. And it's going to be given to people who do produce the fruits of righteousness. And then at the end of the story, the religious leaders say, and 
they perceived that he was talking about them. Well, duh. Yeah, no kidding. He has been. How many vineyard parables have we had now in a row talking about them? And so then they wanted to kill him, but they realized he's way too popular. It's right after uh, Palm Sunday when he was, you know, Hosanna to the son of David. And everybody was, you know, throwing palm branches and clothes. So they knew they couldn't get away with it then. They had to wait a few days, which they did. So the wicked tenants, the bad tenants in the vineyard, we could look at that and say, well, uh, what does that have to say to us? And I think it has a couple of powerful things to say. One is to look at, have we stoned the prophets who have come to us? The servants in the story were the prophets that God sent to tell the children of Israel, thus saith the Lord, this is what's going on. And remember, prophets weren't people who foretold the future. Prophets were people who spoke to the present situation and said, this is what God says about this. And so we ask ourselves, do, do we stone the prophets that come to us? Do we not listen to the prophets at the very least? And um, we would say to ourselves, well, who are these prophets? And I'm not talking necessarily about televangelists that you, know, you see, or even preachers necessarily like me, although part of my role is to be prophetic and to say, this is what the Lord says about this. But the prophets that we mostly run into are much, much closer to home. The people who tell us this is the way it is and who try to share with us how we're supposed to, those people are oftentimes people in our family. They are being prophetic sometimes. Now, uh, Deborah, for example, sometimes tells me that I'm being a pain. Now, all of you know that couldn't be true because of how lovely I am. But she sometimes says that to me. And I think I, this text is saying, maybe I better look at that. Is it possible I could be being a pain? As weird as that sounds? Maybe. Uh, is it possible that she's being a pain from time to time? Of course it is. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> sometimes there are people uh, who are who maybe even work with us uh, so uh, somebody that works at the office with us maybe says you know for a married guy you're spending an awful lot of time with that cute new receptionist we have oh maybe sometimes it's even our kids mom why are you mad all the time I'm not mad all the time well, you better tell your face, because it kind of looks like you are. <laughs> maybe, maybe it's other people around us who uh, are genuinely our friends and who are concerned and say, you know, this is, this is, not, getting, this is not getting you where you want to go. This is not going to be helpful to you. It's not going to be helpful to others. Not certainly probably pleasing to God. There are prophets who show up for us from time to time. And we have to ask ourselves today, do I ignore the prophets or worse yet, stone them? And the second point, I think, of this parable is to say, are we producing the fruits of righteousness? And what might that be? Well, Galatians 5 describes the fruits of righteousness as being this, love, joy, peace, understanding, compassion, 
self-control. Those are fruits of righteousness. The Pharisees and religious leaders weren't showing any fruits of righteousness. They weren't showing those kinds of things. They were showing rules, regulations, smugness, superiority, and arrogance. That's, that's different. Do we have the fruits of righteousness? When people look at our lives, can they see the fruit hanging on the tree? Can they say, that's why I want to be a Christian? Because look what it's doing for that woman. Look what it's doing for that man. Look what it's doing for that kid. That's, that's attractive to me. That's why I want to be part of this. Because it looks like God's Spirit is transforming them. And they have the fruits of righteousness hanging on the tree. So when we're looking at uh, today's text with Jesus, we've had several parables about vineyards, about God working with His special people, God working in the world. We need to pay attention to the prophets and to say, am I showing the fruits of righteousness? Amen. Now may the peace of God which passes all understanding keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Amen.